Good Tuesday evening. Hidden Treasures Revealed is on the air on this Tuesday, February the 20th. And my name is Sean, and I am here with my brother Josh for another podcast together. And uh, we're going to be getting into another interesting topic concept and looking forward to what y'all will be bringing to us both and to everybody else. And uh, me and Josh will be back with you in just a moment. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, And if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Well, Josh, we are here together again on this Tuesday. Tell me how your day was today. It's a good day. We had some surprises at work. Uh, Our inspector came in this morning and after having the weekend off, that was a little bit, a little bit of a, is everything good? Did we check everything? But going in this morning, I was prepared, we're preparing for that already. So it was a good day. Um, very functional day, good inspection, nothing wrong. So it was a good day. That's good to hear. Same with me. Have challenges, things come up dealing with that, but just, uh, another good day to learn and grow. Uh, in faith, in the fullness of faith. And um, with you here with me tonight, that this is a topic that Yah gave to you to bring to us. And even just getting something, looking at the title myself, just not even recognizing it with what we're going to be talking about tonight. And um, I'll give you opportunity to, um, since you were given this to, you want to start us out and we'll, you can explain how this came to mind and um, we'll go from there and have conversation to see where y'all takes us with this. Sure. So I was having quiet time last night. Um, we do Monday night with me and Sergio and Edward, and I was asking y'all what they want to talk about, you know, for the podcast, you know, whatever you bring to mind, I just want to know it's clear that way we can present it. And the word believe came to mind and I was like, okay. So I started rolling that over and just trying to understand where are we going with belief, belief, where's that tying in? And just a simple question uh, later on was, do you believe in Yah? I was like, well, yeah, I believe in Yah. And then a little bit, and we always take things deeper. Yah is really great about giving you something that's surface and then just kind of letting it sit. And as it sits, it starts to resonate and starts to stir things up from your lower conscience that you didn't realize were there as you kind of meditate on it. And it really helps um, you discover new things. And when you discover it, it gives you the opportunity to learn it for yourself rather than have it being told to you. Um, self-discovery is such an important aspect of faith. Um, so believing in Yah, okay, well, do you realize what you mean, what you're taking on when you say you believe in Yah? And I started to think about that and I was like, Okay, so every word from the mouth of Yah is what I would be agreeing with. Well, yeah, absolutely. Do you know every word from the mouth of Yah? Oh, well, 
I know a lot of them, so no, I don't know every word, but wow, that's a really deep understanding with that. Everything that Yah has ever said in scripture or spoken through a prophet or spoken in our gathering when it's come through them, do you believe all of that? And I was like, oh, well, yeah, because I agree with Yah. So yeah, if it's been clarified from Yah and it's been given from Yah, I absolutely believe and agree with that. Okay, so what do you mean by believe? And I started to think about that, and I'm like, okay, well, I believe my car is going to start in the morning when I go out at 37 degrees, 4 o'clock in the morning, and it's dark. I believe it's going to start when I put my key in the ignition. I believe it's going to drive me to work. I believe I'm going to get to work. And I believe all those things. But from the aspect of do I believe with certainty that I'm going to make it to work every single morning? Well, if I broke down, what would I do? Call somebody, call a tow truck. Do I have the mindset that I believe I'm going to make it to work and I'm going to make it to work? So breaking down doesn't cause any problem for me. I will continue to move forward until I get to work. And that's the kind of resolve that we're talking about when it comes to belief in Yah, do you have the resolve, the determination that when you say you believe something, that you carry it out to the very end of the extent of what it is to fully believe in it? Do you believe that if you jump off this cliff, you will not hit the ground? Phil's talked about his moments before. You know what? You said it. I believe it. And feeling a fall but never hitting a ground is the aspect of carrying out to the very end. And Phil's still carrying that out to the very end, as, as is we, until we take our last breath on this plane in this body, then we've believed it to the very end. So from that aspect, starting to really think about, wow, there's lots of things that I would say I believe, but I don't believe in. Because believing in is the aspect of carrying and walking it out to the fullest. So believing that I'm going to go to work tomorrow, okay, but to believe in myself that I'm going to go to work tomorrow no matter what means I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure I make it to work tomorrow. Okay, well, that's that's a pretty big, pretty big step. With Yah, all things are possible. So do you believe in Yah with everything, even to your last breath? Yah says, do this. That's the task that's completed. <clears throat> Period. Even if it takes your last breath, that's the task that you complete because you believe in it wholeheartedly with that kind of resolve and determination that I'm believing in this to the point that if it takes my life in this, it will take my life in this, and I'm prepared to do that. So tying into an aspect of believe and believe in, there are plenty of things that I've said over the years and I've had other people say that I'm like, they're like, Oh yeah, I believe that. And I'm like, and now after this, I'm like, mm, I'm going to be really careful what I say. I believe from now on, just because this is new information and this is now a retraining of the mind. You know what? I think that might be possible. Well, that's a lot better than I believe that's possible. I think is a pondering and a questioning in a, there's a, part of questioning and discovery that apply to that. But those are, those are the start of my thoughts going into that. And then things that were given from Yah that just help 
pull that into a better understanding. Because when you're thinking, you're still formulating an idea. When you believe, it should be an aspect of you formulated it, you understand it to a point, and you're carrying it to that point. And as you get to that point, there'll be a deeper point. It doesn't change the direction. It just changes the depth as you go on and believe. Um, whereas you're thinking something, you could be thinking of, oh, I'm going to think I'm going to go left, and you get there and there's a wall. Okay, well, now I have to go right to go left. You're changing directions at that point, and that all ties back to an aspect of doubting because if you truly believe it, doubt should be being removed as you go deeper on that path versus you're thinking, you're questioning. So with more information, you tend to get more questions. Therefore, you have more opportunities for doubt. And this is speaking to me as well because having it brought out Thursday that have you set your heart not to doubt? And I'll just a revelation of no, I haven't. And after that, I was like, that's a huge help. So Friday taking time and making that a set that I'm not going to doubt anymore. I'm going to make decisions. I'm going to evaluate them. I'm going to take them to Yah and I'm going to get clarification from Yah. And I'm going to move in that direction. And I'm not going to doubt it's the wrong thing because for my aspect of understanding, my doubt had to do with fear <coughs> and the fear tied to failure, which ultimately was punishment. But in faith, you can't fail because you're constantly working on perfecting. So you might see something as a failure. I might see something as a failure that I did. But if I learn from it and grow from it and do my best not to repeat that in the future, <coughs> there's no way that can be a failure. That's a triumph. That's an overcoming. That is a growth. That's an aspect of a stepping stone in a different, a different direction or a moving up in something. So all of that tying in together, belief ties right into the aspect of doubt because believing in gives you a certainty in it, which then removes the doubt. I think this is right. There's too much doubt in that and you're not removing the doubt. So go from I think to I believe in because even the believe is you're not believing in, it can be wishy-washy. Believe and think, you can kind of start to, well, I believe that, I think that, I believe in this wholeheartedly and I will die in this. It's a big difference between the two, even though it might not seem that way at first in the mind, but as you start to really dig into it and pull it apart and really evaluate it, there are definitely things that I'm sure you could think in your life of that you're like, well, I've done that. I mean, I know looking back now, there's multiple things just on a daily basis that that happens with. So that's the start of my thoughts. That's what y'all was given so far. I'm curious to see if you have anything that came out in that mindset. What I find interesting with this and not just this, but any topic or concept that y'all will give to us that mankind is without excuse that just because you don't understand something doesn't mean that you have an excuse before God. And with this, it makes me think of, because of what you're talking about, the focus for us and for those listening, encourage those that are listening that your focus would be on the spiritual aspect of this. Because the word makes it clear that when you're in faith, everything is faith. So even if somebody brings what we would refer to, what I referred to in the past of a worldly thing, it doesn't have to be worldly to me because I can make it spiritual. You can be talking about your job <clears throat> into one person. Well, you're not talking about faith. 
And for me, yeah, we are talking about faith because everything that you say, now let's say every, I'm not going to say that everything that you say, like every concept, but because you may be talking about something that you're doing this or that, but we can take it. And if we really evaluate it, we can draw it back. So actually I'll change my, what I was going to say that we can take everything that you're saying and I can roll it and tie it to faith doesn't mean that, oh, well, God is in this and that, and it could be. But this concept, we have examples in the world to understand the spiritual concept, because the way to understand this is it's the physical first, then the spiritual. So I had a few thoughts with the believe, and actually I had this before we were, were talking, when you believe something, you're convinced. Josh, I believe that you're going to be here with me tonight because in my mind, unless there's some outside change, I'm convinced. Like, <clears throat> meaning that I, I'm rolling it in my mind and like somebody would say, well, I saw this person on the street and they pulled out a gun and they shot somebody and and, and this happened and man, it was bad. And you're like, you know, well, you know, uh, with the police and the sirens that, you know, I believe that that happened. I'm, I'm convinced with the information you gave me, but it goes from there to knowing that you can believe something, but not believe in it. The word of God says, even the demons believe. But do they believe in God? No, the demons do not. Because it says even the demons believe and tremble. Okay. We have a passage where, Lord, I believe. I'm convinced that you can do this. Help me with my unbelief. I'm just, I'm not entirely certain. Can you give me something so that I can know that this healing is going to take place. But I, I, I know you can do it. I know you're capable, but help me with my unbelief. Well, what better way to help with the unbelief than when you see it actually happen? Oh my gosh, I'm convinced. But because see this in faith, this is a great concept to talk about faith in Yah because we started out in belief. And we transferred to believe in. And there's a big difference between believe and believe in. And um, I had a, a scripture with this come to mind that Messiah says, the one that hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it's akin to somebody that's built their house on the rock. The one that hears these words of mine does not put them into practice because, well, yeah, yeah, you should, I believe that. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's right. So how do you change it from believe to believe in? There has to be an action on your part. And what's interesting about this is probably what people would refer to as the most famous scripture that everybody quote unquote knows. Okay. John three sixteen. For Yah so loved the world that they gave their one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. doesn't say whoever believes him. 
doesn't say whoever acknowledges him, doesn't say whoever believes he died on the cross and rose again. It says whoever believes in him shall not perish. So that's given us a key here that if you want to have everlasting life, then you must believe in the Son of God. But if we don't know what believing in him is, then how can you believe in him? It's like you're with the title, do you, because here's the thing, those listening, it doesn't matter if me and Josh believe in Yah. Do you believe in Yah? And obviously it matters, but what stood out to me as we were beginning is do you, who do you say that I am? Well, they, some say you're Elijah, some say you're, no, but who do you say that I am? Because your faith is your faith. And that's the key. Believing in is where we have faith. Because faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Well, I believe that. I believe Messiah. I believe what you're saying. But you're not putting it into practice. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I believe it. Yeah, but that's where faith comes in. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. How can you please God when you don't put into practice what they say? And a lot of this in the word, it's a there's different translation errors that it'll say Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. What it should say is Abraham believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness because Abraham Go and leave your family and go to the land I want you to go. Lord, I believe that. I believe it. Abraham, why are you not leaving? Well, I, I believe it. Why are you not leaving this land? Because when you, when you put it to the point where you're convinced to the point of making a change, then we have a believing in, and I'll use this in a, Something that you would know, you've heard, well, I know you've heard of that one. I won't bring that one up, but have you heard of Osama bin Laden, the terrorist? Okay. okay. So you believe that he is a terrorist? Yeah. Uh, but do you believe in him? No. And people will say, well, well, what's the proof that you believe in or don't believe in? Like, we believe that the enemy exists. We don't believe in the enemy. We believe in God. So, or we could even put it to that we know that the enemy exists, but just putting it to a point of, you have to start at a point where you take the information and you reason it. Okay, with this information, I believe that. Uh, I'm reasoning that that makes sense that, that this person is a terrorist because I've seen them, not that I've been physically there, but I see them that they've done these things. They bomb these buildings. They've done these things. But you don't have faith in Osama bin Laden because if you did and you wholeheartedly, and you mentioned it, wholeheartedly agree, then you'll do whatever he asks you to do. You'll even do the terrorist things, even to go and study, like to go overseas. Let's say, no, I really want to be a part of this. I really believe in this cause. I want to be a part of it. If you were a part of it, what would happen if Osama bin Laden said, Josh, I want you to go out there and blow up this building. No, I can't do that. It's wrong. I just told you to go do this. You're not going to do it. 
No. More than likely instant death for you? Well, because you didn't believe in me. If you believed in me, whatever I would say, you would reason and say, I agree with that. Like you said, I agree with that wholeheartedly. That's what I'm going to do. And that's the thing. Because if you believe the Father, that's a starting point. But when do you believe in the Father? You turn to him, you repent so that you can turn. I'm going to walk in your ways. Oh, you're believing in me. So it's not just believing in the Son, Yeshua. It's believing in the Father, walking in that repentance so that you can be brought to the Son so that you can believe in Him. And then you're brought to Mother the Spirit so you can believe in her. And then in Him, because you believe in Him, you continue in that belief because I was just reading today in Colossians, firm and secure, increasing and growing, then you'll remain in him because the in him is the, in Messiah is hidden, is actually in Messiah, all the fullness of the deity in bodily form. So in Messiah, you have all three. You're unified with them. Therefore, you're in him. Therefore, you're believing in all of them. So to take that step to believe in takes faith. And the word says, without faith, it is impossible to please Yah, because those that come to them must believe they exist and are the rewarder of those that diligently seek them. Well, how much more can you get believing in that whatever you want me to do, I'm here, I'm with you, whatever you want, I'll do it. Because Josh, if I were to say, Josh, Y'all wanted me to tell you to do this? And you could say, nope. Well, Josh, y'all told me to tell you, nope, I'm not doing it. Well, one, you don't believe in me because you didn't believe what I said. And then two, you don't believe in Yah because you didn't verify or do anything. And therefore, you're in a bad spot. Because think about it. You believe somebody, you're convinced of that. But what gets you to believe in them? is just saying about you, like you could believe that, well, I think Sean is just a really nice person. I really want to be around him. So what would I have to do to show you that I'm believable? Like that you can believe in me that I'm you, cause you could look at me and be like, well, I don't want to believe in him. Cause I don't, I don't want to follow what he does, but Hey, I've been watching him. I believe in what he's saying. I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to go along with that. It, it's, it's a, it's taken you from just, all right, I'm convinced because we have a, another scripture that came to mind with Paul and King Agrippa. Well, Paul, you almost convinced me to become a believer. I, I believe in, well, I believe what you're saying, but he didn't believe in it because if he did, he would have said, hey, how, what do I do to do this? What can I, and Paul didn't say, oh my gosh, King Agrippa, you better you better say this prayer fast. Come on. You better accept Messiah as Lord and Savior. You know, King Agrippa, short time or long, doesn't matter. You just make sure that you find it because it is a difference in acknowledging that, okay, this sounds like this is true, that this is from, from Yah, and taking it in, evaluate it, and 
I'm going to do this. I don't understand everything. Because we have even talked about this recently. Repentance doesn't mean that you understand everything. And you said it when you spoke that, you know, you're convinced of this. This is what I'm going to do. And your ways are right and fair. And that's what I'm going to, I, I believe in it wholeheartedly. Okay. Then they bring something to you that you didn't see. Oh, yeah, thank you for, you know what, I'm, I'm going to work on that. That's what I'm going to do. And you do it. Because really, it's not the words that you say. It's the actions that you do. Like we could just scream and, and just waller around and, oh, God, I did this and I did that. And I'm just looking for the change in action. Yes, you can say, I'm going to change this, but I'm looking for you to change it. And that's the verse that just even comes back to mind now that, you could, you could take it from Messiah and put it to Abba the Father and Mother the Spirit. The one that hears these words of mine, Josh, I want you to do this. Josh, we're going to talk about this. If you hear these words of mine and you don't put them into practice, you hear these words of mine, you put them into practice, oh, look what we get. And it's the same thing that Abba says to do this. Mother says to do this. You hear these words of mine because the word of the Lord is living and active. You put them into practice continually. Then you'll be like a house built upon the rock versus a house that's built upon the, and you mentioned it, the doubt, which is the sand because you're going to be unstable because you're not sure. And that's the thing. The doubt is when you don't know, you're not sure. And this faith that we share, that is the true faith in God, the one faith is about knowing and confidence, being sure, making your calling and election sure. These words that we write to you so that you know that you have eternal life, not you think you know, not I might have it, not well, somebody told me I have it. I even caught that when we were reading First John a few weeks ago, just a few verses that John over and over in the writing, this is how you know you're children of God. This is how we know that you've got faith. This is how you can know the children of God versus and that's the thing, because that's the, the confidence comes in the knowing part. Because if you're not confident in something, you're not completely, not that you're not being, you're in the process of convincing, but you're not to the point to where you're just, I'm knowing, I'm convinced of this, and I know this, and therefore you can speak confidently because it's something you know you can speak confidently to somebody about your work because you know it. I can speak to somebody confidently. We can speak confidently about the faith that we have because we have Yah within us and they're the ones that speak confidently through us. And our confidence comes from being with them, not of ourselves, because if we're alone, we're going to be weak. But with them, we have the opportunity for strength. So those that are listening here, this we're, we're discussing these things. But you look in the Word, you look in the Scriptures, and you determine if you believe in Yah or not. Just because you go to church on Wednesday or Sunday or whatever, and you give offerings and tithes doesn't mean you believe in God. Now, everybody's going to believe in something, but this is for those that are seeking faith. Do you believe in Yah? And what this is, and we've talked about this, the gospel message order, you seek with all your heart and you never stop, you'll find it. 
But as you go, Yah will lead you to the next steps. You'll get to the point where you seek with all your heart and you find information. Wow. I believe this. This makes sense to me. But how do I put it into practice? How do I? I don't know how to do that. Well, you're still at believe. You know what? I'm going to do this. And you start doing what it says. Then you start the process of believing in. Because think about it. Why would you repent to somebody that you don't believe in? (laughs) It'd be like, why would I turn everything over to you to be, I'm convinced this is right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to turn my life over to you. Well, now you repent and you start walking in repentance, obedience and trust, and you continue that believing in all three aspects. Remain in me, I remain in you, you remain in this process. And repentance is about seeing that, oh, I didn't recognize that that was not appropriate. I'm not doing that, I'm doing this. And you just continue to do that. And when you do that, you produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And in this aspect, how are you going to believe in someone where you don't know what their words are, what their teachings are, what they're about? You, you can't because that's why I count the cost of what you're doing so that you'll know what's expected, but you're not going to know everything. Like you even start a new job, you count the cost before you start, but you don't know what you're going to get into until you start. So there is a, there is a distinction in believe because believe is your, can your, you're convinced of something that I believe that, that that's, that that's possible, that that's accurate. But you taking the next step to believe in is that you're convinced to the point of you actually do what that person says to do that you hear these words of mine. Great. But the proof that you're my disciple is that you walk as I did. Well, Lord, I believe that you should give up everything. So did the rich young man, believe Messiah, which I'm mother just okay, gave right. you the same thing. I've had that for like five you, minutes. It's like, yeah, no, you go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I'll let you speak it. Cause you got it. That's well, fine. Uh, as you're talking about all this, you're talking about the believe and the believe in, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, man. And then mother was like a great example of that in new Testament is the rich young ruler that came to Yusha and he speaks about, okay, well, what must I do to gain salvation? Okay. Well, he was believing that he was going to get an answer. He's asking the one that knew, knew the answer. Follow the law, the prophets. Follow what that law says. Well, I've done that. Okay. Well, we're going to find out if you've done that. We're going to find out if your heart is truly in the place of whatever the law says to do, I will do. Go sell everything you have and come and follow me. There's no record of a response given. Just a, a walking away an ignoring of the one he came to speak to believe I've li- I've, I've lived it. I, I've, I've listened to everything that's been said. I know all the 10 commandments. I believe it, but do you believe in it to the point where you're willing to turn over your entire life because God said so. And Bring that up, that ties into so many things with faith. There's so many questions that have come up in my life, and I'm sure in anyone that's listening's life, where moments have happened, and it's like, man, if I make this decision, 
I'm going to be really, I'm going to have to really sacrifice some stuff in my life for this job or for this house or for this, this girl or whatever it is, this car, this business trip, whatever it is. And if those things have come up, okay. Not saying that you're too late. I'm not saying that wasn't the will of Yah, but if something's come up that's specifically gotten in the way of you reading or praying or doing something that you had strong, strong conviction on from Yah and something that was, and we say worldly, something that didn't provide a benefit for faith got in the way of that. And you were faced with a choice to pick whatever the worldly aspect was or the godly spiritual aspect that you were pursuing and you chose the worldly, you have a perfect opportunity to look at yourself and say, I believed God, but at that moment, I chose not to believe in God. And you turn. Doesn't mean there's no hope. That just means it's a recognition for you. If that's an aspect that's happened in your life, I know for me, I've spoken about my moments when that's happened. The clearest, the clearest one that comes to mind now is, Josh, for this Passover coming up, we're to evaluate circumcision of the heart. I have that. I don't need to evaluate that. You've been given an opportunity to look into something with your faith. And rather than take it as an opportunity, you chose to ignore it and turn it aside and ultimately reject what was given to you by Yah, like what you spoke about earlier with that whole concept of, you know, if you tell me something, well, you know, Josh, Yah told me to tell you this. No, 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 they didn't. That's detrimental because if Yah's given you something, someone's given you something, if this podcast has given you something, it's from Yah. And if you're choosing to say, mm, I'll get to that later, you're rejecting. And if you reject long enough or you reject enough to the point where you die and you haven't made a turn from that rejection, there's only one option for you. And that's for anybody that is choosing not to seek after Yah at the point of death. If you don't have circumcision of the heart, then there's only one aspect left for you. And that's because I believe in Yah and what Yah says, and I believe in the truth. And I am absolutely convinced without the shadow of a doubt that without faith, you will perish eternally in a much more horrendous state than you could ever imagine on this earth. So those are the things that come to mind when we were talking about that. But not only that, the aspect of, and I don't know why, I don't know why the military and government keep coming up to me, but the aspect of the constitution, so many people believe in the right to bear arms in the right to bear arms. You know, I don't care what the law says. Constitution says I have the right to bear arms and I believe in that constitution. I, I you know, I die heart. You believe in that constitution to the point that you're willing to break the law with a firearm against someone who has a firearm because you believe that the constitution will protect you in that. And again, I'm not getting political on that, but I've heard that argument made multiple times. If that's the mindset you have, that's that kind of diehard attitude is the same aspect. Just put it towards scripture. I'm willing to trust in that scripture so much that even if you kill me because you're telling me that I can't live the life I'm living for Yah anymore and I have to worship this idol and you throw me in a lion's den or you throw me in a furnace, I don't care what your law says. I have such faith and conviction in, in 
Yahusha in the coming of what that law promises, you kill me, I believe and am convinced I will not die eternally. And I'm okay with that. So you're putting that much faith and trust into the one entity, and I say entity, we talk about Yah, Yahweh, that one family of Yah that I'm never going to perish eternally for that, regardless what this body says. And that takes a strong conviction, a strong will, a strong desire, and a strong mindset and attitude to do that because you will be faced with things like that in this faith. You'll be faced with losing a job or a home or a spouse. You'll be faced with those things. And it could be something worse. It could be something less. Whatever it takes for you to prove to Yah that you're fully committed to faith, that's what's going to take happening to you for Yah to be convinced that, okay, they're never going to leave. They're set short of them making their own decision, which I'm convinced they won't, they will have circumcision of the heart. And that's for our benefit over Yah's. It's our protection that Yah puts us to that point, that pushes us to that point of this decision right here is a make or break for you. You're either going to break towards Yah and you do that enough. You've proven it to them enough that their hearts set on me. They will do whatever I ask. If it comes down to it, they will do whatever I ask. And that is the heart after Yah's own heart that they want. And when you are willing to be that heart and you show them that you're willing to be that heart, oh, well done, my good and faithful servant. And then you have the ability to have circumcision of the heart and be in faith. But they will make sure that you know and they know. They will both, both of you will be convinced that you have what it takes to stick this faith out to the end. And that's a protection out of love for every single person in faith. Because if you have circumcision of the heart, but you don't have that conviction and Yah hasn't had that conviction from you, and then you hit one of those moments and turn, there's no coming back for you. There's nothing left. So it's done out of love for protection. And even though in those moments you might not see it as love, because in those moments they're hard and they're a struggle and they cause a break in you. They cause a divide in self from a selfish to a selfless point of view. And when you choose selfless enough, you're choosing the direction for Yah. Because I'm speaking of the aspect of faith, not of selfless, what the world would define. But that concept gives you the opportunity to, the selfless aspect gives you the opportunity to put that selflessness towards Yah as a, this is me believing in you to the point that I'm being selfless right now. I'm sacrificing selfishness for selflessness. And as you do that enough, you're proving it. Not that you can earn it because you still have grace. Without grace, we're nothing. You still have Yusha because without Yusha, you'd have nothing. You still have to be in Yusha. I'm not taking anything away from the Son and what Yusha did for us because without Him, we're nothing. But there is work that has to be done to gain the favor of Yah, even though grace is still extended to you. Because the works that have to be done line up from Old Testament to prove you believe in Yah to the point of death, dying to self, selfishness, dying to selfishness, let me clarify, dying to selfishness. And that's a continual process for the rest of your life. And once you've died to selfishness 
and Yah sees that, that's when you can move forward from it. So just, again, that believing in aspect is so important because that's the moment when you can say, I believe in Yah. Have you died to self? Yes. I've made that decision to die to self. And Yah knows it and I know it. And you're able to continue that process for as long as you're here. I got some information from Yah on the um, the rich young ruler. I had in just more of a depth than I'll share with you and share with everybody. When he comes to him, and, and I don't have the, and I don't necessarily need the Bible in front of me, mother bringing this to mind. He's the one that came to Messiah and he said, good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? And Messiah says, you know, the commands, and I can't remember which ones he listed, but do these and you'll live. So what was he telling him? Walk in the commands of God, obedience to God. That That's how you get eternal life is obedience. And obviously you have to repent, which will lead to obedience. But he wasn't listening. I've kept these from my youth because what because of cognitive dissonance and the brainwashing and mind control, which we've talked about his upbringing or his teaching, his understanding was, was that righteousness is by the law. That because the works of the law that I've kept the commands of God, I'm, I'm, I've done those things. So I thought that's what all, all it was, is that you just kept the law and you're righteous. But if he was listening to him, keep the commands, obey the commands and you'll live. Well, I've done that. Meaning that in his mind, well, I haven't stolen, cheated. I haven't, I haven't stolen or lied or, and we know it goes deeper because of the spiritual aspect. And he tells him this one thing you lack, go and sell everything and give it to the poor and then come and follow me. So what came to mind was, I'm giving you an opportunity to believe in me. That's where the righteousness comes. Your righteousness is not from the works of the law, it's by faith in me. But if you want to live, because in me, you uphold the law, you will keep the commands of God. It'll be by the spirit. It won't, not that we say, well, no, I don't have to. If mother says, hey, I want you to not eat pork for a time. That's what I'm going to do. It's obedience. It's not because the, the written code says, no, we're not under the written code. We're walking in the spirit of it. So he was telling him that even if you were to keep the whole law, you still have to follow me. It, you, But he didn't believe in Messiah, and therefore he didn't repent. And because I was rolling this, what happens is you believe in, which brings you to repent, and your continuing believing in is your walking in repentance. Because even Messiah, that when he was telling the churches, repent or else, well, if they didn't believe in him, then they wouldn't even listen to him to repent. He's not saying you're repenting to God for the first time. He's saying, pivot from this. Don't do those things. Do this. And if you believe in me, then you'll do that. If you don't, or else I will do this. You don't even need to get to the or else I will. If you turn from it and no, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. Okay, then you don't need to be concerned about the consequence that would be coming but you have a choice in that. And so just thinking about this, that our righteousness doesn't come by what we do. 
it comes by faith in Yah. That's where the righteousness is because in him dwells the fullness of Yah. The fullness of deity lives, uh, notice that today, lives in bodily form. So you have the fullness of faith in them. You uphold the law because they're lawful. They're not lawless. But I was just sitting there thinking about the rich young ruler. And like you said, we don't have any, we don't know exactly what his body language, but it said that he went away sorry because he had great riches. So, I mean, there's multiple things in that, but I hadn't seen that aspect is that he says you, you walk in obedience to the commands that you, you want to have eternal life. You must obey the commands of God, which is true, but you're relying on, you've done these things to justify yourself and say, no, you truly want to have life. Josh, leave your job. All right, that's what I'll do. All right, wait a minute, Josh. Not until I tell you. Okay, I'll do it. It's it's not that, oh, look at the rich young ruler. No, that in your selfishness, you're the rich young ruler. Why don't I got to give up all this stuff? I thought I could just. No, you have to be willing to give up your life because that was his riches were his life. That's where his faith was in was his riches. You have to be willing to sell all that and give it to the poor and then come follow me because that's not true riches. True riches is faith in God, faith in me that you don't even this temporary riches that you think you have. But what I find interesting about that is he's the one that came to Messiah. It wasn't that Yeshua went to him and said, Hey, I'm going to tell you how to get eternal life. No, he asked him, I mean, think about that. And we're sitting here, but <clears throat> if we were around when Messiah was walking the earth and in, in flesh in the fleshly body, Yeshua, what must I do to get eternal life? It's like, if there's anybody you're going to listen to, he, he'll tell me. Because you would think if he really wanted it, sell everything. The Son of God just told you <coughs> you can get eternal life. Sell everything. Give it to the poor. But that programming, that oh, I got to sell everything. I thought I could just do this. I thought that's all it was because... And I don't know, like, what does that bring? Well, you know, the if you keep the law, you're righteous. And you know, there's more to it. You have to be willing to give up everything. If you want to to believe in Yah, whatever Yah says to do, just like Abraham, what if they tell you to leave your country? Yeah, you're going to leave your family behind. If they're not going to follow, then if they leave the house and they move out, then so be it. Well, you would. Are you willing to leave? Your country, you're willing to sell everything for this faith? You're willing to have your your family walk away from it and you stay by yourself for a while? No, whatever it is. Because see, that's the thing. Counting the cost is important because you don't know what Yah would ask for. doesn't mean that they'll take it. They could ask for your very life. Hey, it's over with. Or Because I, and you know what I was talking about when I said quit your job. Not that you wouldn't do it unless Yah made it clear to do it, but the situation you have, you don't do anything until I tell you. And because of your journey of faith that I'm not, unless I hear, I'm not doing anything. You could kill me and I'm not doing anything. Well, that's kind of harsh, isn't it? No, it isn't. No, because that's, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Foolish woman, to 
blessed is the name of the Lord. Naked I came into the world, naked I'll leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not cursing God. You can, I'm not. And that and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there's so many, they believed in God to the point of, I don't care what you do, we will not, our God will save us. Well, I'll tell you this, we're not going to bow down and worship you, so you can do whatever you want. So they weren't saying, yeah, throw us in the furnace, Nebuchadnezzar, watch, we'll just, we'll survive. It's like, no, this goes further than, our God will save our lives, that we, we're with them heart and soul. We're not concerned about our life. Our life is with them. They have the power to raise us from the dead, eternal. I'm not concerned about that. We're not going to bow down and worship, and they throw them in the furnace. And then interesting what happened. They are in there for purification, and the people that threw them into the furnace died because it got hotter. So think about that as a metaphor for the end, where you go into the fire now to be purified, because if you don't, in the end, you're going to be thrown into the furnace, but you're not going to have one like the Son of Man walking around with you. You're going to be in the abyss, prepared prepared for the devil and his angels. So it's interesting how one, the fire purifies, and the other, it destroys. So make sure that that's another story of make sure that you worship God and that you find faith, because when you do, you have one like walking around in the furnace. You have the protection of the fullness of deity in bodily form, so you can walk around in the fire without getting burned. But fire is going to burn. If you're not in a place where you cannot be burned, then you're going to burn up really fast, and it's not. It's going to be a, a painful uh, process. <coughs> just a well, just a couple of things. Like I, mother, just we talk about discovery, and we talk about listening and paying attentive, being being attentive. And for the last week or so, I've really been struggling with something with talking to y'all about it. I've been asking about it a lot um, on, you know, when, in quiet time and prayer time, just really been asking because I've been struggling with that. And mother, just the way she does, um, a statement made last night uh, by Yusha. And then as we're sitting here talking about tonight, very clearly revisiting that same concept and then just getting a clear answer from Abba. And I was like, wow, that's a huge help. I've, I've been struggling with the aspect of, um, you know, I have a two-year-old. So, you know, Monday night we do Bible study, Tuesday night we do the podcast, Wednesday night we do church, Thursday night we walk. Um, and it only has something that's going on Friday night or we try to do a family night. So there's a lot of nights, a lot of evenings are taken up from time with Yah or, you know, doing things with Yah and it's missed times with my daughter, missed opportunities with my daughter. And again, scripture makes it clear that it's harder for a married man to be involved in Yah because you're split. So when you have kids, you're split that much more. It's nothing you haven't gone through, nothing that Phil hasn't gone through. So I'm just learning to go through that now as a father. And I was sitting there evaluating. I was like, you know, it is kind of hard to leave my daughter that many nights in a row and those kind of things. And I was kind of struggling with that. And I was like, okay. And then we're sitting here talking about like, what's more important? And I'm like, Yah's more important. I enjoy being here. I enjoy this. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. This is exactly what I want to do. I'm desiring to do this. The conversation's great. But you still have that pull of, yeah, but you know, there is a sacrifice for giving up time with my daughter. You know, how's and then how's my daughter gonna understand that it too, that you know, daddy's spending time away instead of with me? Very clearly. When you leave, you make it clear to your daughter what you're doing. Oh, well, that's simple. Daddy, you going bye-bye? I'm actually going to go spend a couple hours with Yah and Uncle Sean and Uncle Phil. Or, and Cap. Oh. 
You're going to go talk to God? And she knows that. That's what she says now. Talk to God, and she'll close her eyes, and she'll talk. And we do that almost every single night that I put her down, every night that Anna does down. So she's understanding there's a relationship there. What better way to show my daughter what faith takes than by saying, because right now she can't understand that. But as she gets older, those things will stick. It's programming. Well, my dad went to go have time with Yah five nights a week for like two hours at a time. He left me. I remember that. And as she gets older, understanding that like, wow, as she being a mother, (coughs) that's a hard thing. And now I understand that. And I see that that's what it takes for faith. And if that's an opportunity to show her an example of what it takes to follow true faith, why not use that for an example? But again, until, and I, like I said, I've been kind of battling that back and forth until I finally said, look, I don't understand the full depth of what I'm supposed to do. You make it clear, yeah, and it's going to be done. And open myself up to that because you have that kind of, well, do I, maybe this, maybe that. May, nope. You know what, yeah, I'm going to sit back. You're going to make it clear. And when you make it clear, I'm going to do exactly what you tell me. And then the answer being given on the podcast was pretty awesome. Just make it clear what you're doing and have confidence that it's the right thing to do. Well, I know it's the right thing to do. Okay. Well then make it clear to your daughter, this is what you're doing and this is why you're doing it. Well, that's very simple. That's very easy. That's very straightforward. And that's instilling an example for her to follow in my footsteps. I mean, obviously, obviously following in Anna's footsteps, but that's a great example to give her and show her that. I was like, wow, that's a huge help. And, Again, we talk about faith. There's multiple things that come over time. There are situations that come up, and part of faith is learning how to navigate them. And the dependency on Yah is what gives you the ability to navigate it in a way that's appropriate with them, that falls in line with what their desire is. And Yah gives you the desires of your heart. I love my daughter. I love spending time with my daughter. And before I left tonight, she was kind of like, no, Daddy, I'm not giving you a hug. That's her she kind of battles back and forth with that. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, well, daddy's leaving. Can daddy please have a hug? And I was like, and she was like, yes, daddy. And she walks over, stops playing, walks over, gives me a hug. And right as I wrap my arms around her, she goes, love you, daddy. That's the kind of stuff that you look for as a father. Those are the moments that are like, man, okay. All the other stuff that takes place, but those are the rewards that come. And if you're so focused on the negative things in life, you miss the rewards that come from that. So you can look at, well, I had to give up my job or I had to give up this or I had to give up that for faith. Then you miss the benefits. And from someone who's definitely had a negative opinion of myself, especially with the lack of confidence, like what we were talking about, that's a shift that I started to make a long time ago of stop looking at a failure. Stop looking at it from this point of view. You're more than conquerors in faith. You don't fail if you never quit. You're never going to quit, so don't fail because it's not possible, and you just move forward from that. So I'm sure you can attest to some of that as well. I mean, you've had struggles in faith, and you've definitely shared some of that with me. I've seen some of that. I know you've shared some on the podcast. So again, no situation is the same in faith, but every situation in faith is no harder or no easier for every individual like we spoke about with Yah. It's what Yah requires from that individual to show that they're fully committed. And that could be whatever level that's going to be from whoever that's going to be. So, Well, there's a scripture that people will 
misunderstand and think that they understand it because it was a lack of understanding of it that I remember that this was put to fill by his family. <clears throat> that the scripture that says someone that does not provide for their immediate family is worse than an unbeliever. And people took that to, oh, because see, you, you quit your job and you're not providing for your family. Okay. Is y'all concerned about the job that you have that brings money? Or are they concerned about you providing for your family? All right. You don't have faith in God. What are you providing for your family? You're providing worldly things, things that are temporal, that's not faith, that you ultimately, if you don't have faith in God, you end up in hell. So the perception is where you're leaving your daughter. But what is love? Because you said you love your daughter. Is that true? Absolutely. Okay. Then love means you do what's best for everybody involved. Is it better for you to, well, no, I'm not going not gonna to ever leave you, so I'm going to sit here and be with you every moment of the day. That's not beneficial for everybody. Well, I just want to be with her. I don't want to leave her. You have faith and she has faith. She ultimately comes to faith. You're with her eternal. How could you ever leave her? So that's the thing. Like we, there's so many things because of our perception. Well, I'm not doing good enough because I'm leaving my daughter and because somebody makes a comment or somebody. Messiah's own words, the one that is not willing to leave father, mother, sister, brother, child, we have that Moses was married. How much do we hear about Moses's wife? Well, she doesn't matter. No, she matters. But what's the focus? It's not on him pleasing his wife. It's on him pleasing God. Because with focusing on God first, y'all will take care of that to where, and you'll know what I mean. I'm convinced you'll know what I mean when I say this is that Be concerned about what God thinks, and then he'll take care of what's going on with your daughter because what's better for her to see? All right. Oh, I'm, I'm leaving. Well, you know, mommy, why is daddy leaving while well, he's going to the bar to drink? Well, that's the old way that you used to live in. Mm-hmm. But now I'm, I'm going to spend time with God. Oh, okay. Now, you're still going to have struggles because, yes, you want to balance being with her. And I understand all that. But you don't have to carry guilt for that because when you're doing what is right, what is there to feel bad about? I would think probably now she's what asleep. Probably. I don't know oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah. By eight o'clock. Oh yeah. Well, no, I need to be right with her because I don't want to leave her. No, that I, I understand that because you're, you're doing the best you can to balance time with family life, faith things, which faith is the family life. But I get that. I understand that completely. I mean, I would say completely, but I'm, I understand because I'm going through that myself. But the word of God wouldn't say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about, I'm not spending enough time with my daughter. Don't worry. Don't have anxiety. Not that you don't have concern, but oh my gosh, what if, I, what if I'm a bad father? What, and your lower conscience will just mm-hmm. go your, but ultimately, wait a minute, <clears throat> I know that y'all told me that you're going to be on this podcast with me and that was given to you. So why do I have a concern about what Liliana thinks? And you know what I mean? Not that I don't have concern about her, but y'all made it clear this is what they want. So the perception is, well, if I'm there, that's better. No, it isn't. Now, if y'all said, 
you're going to tell Josh that he's not going to be on the podcast this evening because we want him to stay at home with Anna Ruth and Liliana. Okay, go ahead. Wonderful. That's what you want. But I've had this because it's the programming of, well, you're not a good dad if you're gone. And, you know, people get, well, you're never here. And you have all these thoughts rolling in your mind. The enemy could poke you to, well, you see, you're not doing a good job. You're not providing. You're not. And you see, yeah, what kind of father are you to do this to where you leave your daughter all the time? And yes, she's crying and look what you did. And, but ultimately it comes back to verification. Yeah. Do you, do you want me to stay home right now? Do you want me to, you could verify with that, whatever it is, the ultimate thing with this is there's so many things that we do with our own perception and, and faith. We need to be taking that to having more and more knowledge of God and not depending upon perception and opinions, because you can listen to the world and they can say, what do you need to do this podcast for? You're already doing this and you're doing that. And why don't you just spend more time? And, and it's like, okay, well, but you're not God. And I didn't have a conversation with you. I know what God wants me to do. So this is what I'm going to do. But that that could be just something that, and y'all will help you to figure out, you know, it could be that you're just trying to be good enough. Like I'm not being a good enough father and I'm thinking I'm leaving or I mean, whatever the issue is, like you'll, with discernment, you'll figure it out with y'all's help. But the ultimate thing is, is that y'all's first, wife second, children, everybody else, because what a benefit this is for the kingdom of God that we get to learn how to live the godly life, because that will help us with our families. That'll help you with Liliana mm-hmm. and with Anna Ruth, your wife, and your all's relationship. Because think about it from her side of it. What if she, she says, well, Liliana, daddy, he's gone right now because he's doing what God wants. Okay, well, then you get, okay, well, as opposed to, what if you have it from one side where you're doing the thing for God and the, and the spouse is not in faith and like, well, you see, he's gone again. He doesn't care, but I can't control that. What's going on with what I don't see. Yah hears that. Yah knows if whatever scenario that would be. So it's just more of a, like you were told, trust is a beautiful thing that it's not about what everybody else thinks. It, it's what God thinks. Now God says, you know, for a little while, we just want you to be at home on Tuesday night. Okay. Well then there's a reason, but I just see this as it wasn't like that. Yah told you clearly, was it Yah that told you, you need to stay home? No. Well, no, the only reason I was bringing that up is the, the aspect of your focus is on Yah and your dependency is on Yah because the world will pull at you in different ways. And when I say the world, the programming that you have will pull at you in different ways. I was just bringing up an example of me evaluating the last couple of nights, last week or so, last weeks or so of time spent with Yah. Wow, you know, we're spending, I'm spending a lot more time with Yah, like a couple nights, a couple hours a night, a week with Yah for multiple nights. It's really increased. And then, okay, well, that's been a few hours less with family. Okay, well, what's the balance with that? And then not knowing the balance is where the friction or where the, I would say the irritation was coming from because what was that? I mean, Yah's more important than family, but is there a better balance I can be working with? And then finally, like I said, talking about it last night, and then, well, I know this is right to do. I know doing things with Yah and for Yah is right. So I don't know the balance to make that work, but yeah, I'm going to trust in that. And then getting the answer of just make it clear to your daughter what you're doing. I haven't been doing that. I've just been saying, all right, hey, day's going bye-bye and that's it. Not making it clear of 
I'm going to go do Yah's work. What? Well, yeah, I'm going to go do things with Yah. I'm going to go spend time with Yah. I'm going to go have quality time with Yah. Just like you have, and I can even relate it, just like you know how we talk to God at night when before we put you down. Yeah, okay, well, Daddy's going to go have time with Yah. Daddy spends a lot of time with Yah, and this is his time to go spend with Yah. And like I said, by putting it like that to her, it gives her something that goes into programming at that young of an age that, wow, she might not realize, two years old, I totally understand, but as time goes on, that programming develops. Yet Dad spent like every single night for a couple hours with Yah, like every night. Is that what it takes for faith? She won't question it. Well, that's what Dad did, and Dad had faith, and Mom spends time for about an hour or so. Right now, Anna does it before Liliana gets up, but she spends about 30 or 40 minutes roughly in the morning before Liliana wakes up normally. So you have it coming from both sides. What better example for a child to see that, well, mom spends almost an hour a day with Yah, and dad spends almost two hours a day with Yah, and they have faith in that. Wow, that's what it takes because my programming for Christianity was all it takes for faith is 30 minutes on Sunday morning in church, listening to someone talk in a bunch of songs, and 30 minutes on Wednesday night with food and a couple of games, and that's it. And you have some fun stuff here and there where you guys go out and play games, or you go do a scavenger hunt, or you go do this, and you talk about God for five minutes and maybe get two scriptures. And I'm not trying to put every single church in a box. I know there's different things that take place. But for a mainstream aspect, that's what you do. I mean, it, really, if you walk out to someone who claims Christianity and say, so do you do you meet five nights a week for faith for an hour or more? The answer is probably going to be no. How am I supposed to do that and keep doing my life? Exactly. So at the very least, it's setting a precedence of what my daughter is going to look for in a man. Is the man she looking for spending hours a night with Yah or not? So again, you're given information from Yah when you need it. Not necessarily all the time right in the moment when you're looking for it. Because the belief in it is, <coughs> what are you going to do? Are you going to push past your lower programming in this? Are you going to push past your own abandonment issues in this? Yeah. Because Yah is more important. I believe in Yah more than I believe in my programming. Oh, hard after my own heart. My son, I can see that in you. So let me give you more insight to this that you can use for the future to grow that much stronger in the decision you've already made. That you're being a good example for what she's going to marry. You're being a good example for her by communicating to her what you're doing and why you're doing it. And your wife supports you in that on top of it because she's in faith. So what a blessing it is to sacrifice for Yah because the reward far outweighs the inward battle back and forth for the next, I mean, who knows how long that would have gone on before there's a, mm, look, I've been battling this for about a week. I'm done battling it. Yah, this is what I'm doing. This is the decision I'm making because I know it's right for you. Oh, well done, my good and faithful servant here. Let me show you this. Here's your reward. Oh, wow. How much of a better reward is that? Confidence. 
knowing that what's doing what I'm doing is right, according to Yah. And then being able to communicate that to my family in the right way, that was a gift from Yah to be able to communicate it. And then not even understanding that you're being an example for your daughter to marry, because she's going to marry what you are. Wow, what a gift on all those aspects. So getting that as a treasure, because that's a gift from Yah. That insight's a gift. That should definitely motivate and drive those gifts, someone to move further along in faith. That definitely is like, well, that pretty much seals it for me that I know I with confidence now that this is the right decision that I knew it was before, but this just gives me that much more concrete foundation in this as I move forward of being a dad. And as long as that's repeated every time something comes up with faith, then we're in we're doing the process correctly. We're moving forward correctly. We're going deeper in that faith correctly. So that's just things that came to mind as you were talking about it. Something was given to me and I'm just thinking about my life in this perception. Okay. Like you said, you want to spend more time with your daughter and I just want to make sure I'm spending good time with her, like spending time with her. Okay. What is better? You're with her in proximity versus with her in conversational relationship. Cause I was just thinking about this is that Christianity proximity well, I'm go to church and I, but let's just say you were at home with Liliana and she's just playing there and you're on your phone proximity, but there's, is it really beneficial that you're there, but you're just, you're not saying anything, you're not communicating and you're just on your phone and, but I'm here with her versus because I was just saying about this in my life that just because you're in the same room with somebody doesn't mean that you're spending good time with them. You can be in the same room and have five good quality minutes. And then you're just doing things to where just because you're in the same house doesn't mean that you're spending good time with somebody. And that goes to conversational relationship with God as well. Cause I'm talking to God. No, you're talking at God. And I'm not just saying you, Josh, but just me too, that changing our mindset in this, that, that you relate so that you can have conversation. Well, God hates sin. So why in the world am I thinking it's okay to still sin? Well, how can I relate to God if I don't, how much it angers them that people don't repent of their sin because they're going to perish? Well, if I relate, then I'll turn to God. Now I can start relating and have conversation and they can relate to me because of me relating to them. And I was just sitting there thinking about that because of perception. Well, if I just stay at home, then everybody would be happy. But then ultimately, am I like really, am I at home with her talking about God or am I just watching her play and I get some downtime and I get to sit or watch TV or whatever that is that really beneficial or is it better to leave her for a better purpose? to spend time with God. And then when I get back home, that will help. So it isn't just proximity being around somebody, but it's actually relating and having 
now when I'm play with her, I will talk about godly things or I'll have something godly on my mind or whatever it is, because this, because I'm just saying about me that it's not that y'all made it and not that they wouldn't, but y'all didn't make it clear to say for a purpose, like we want you to stay home and not like, for example, walking Thursdays, well, we want you to stay home tonight and, and be with your family. Well, well, yeah, you're more important, but Josh, it's more important for you to be at home right now than for you to be walking. And you would think, well, that I want to spend time with y'all. But y'all just told you, we want you to stay at home. That is spending time with them. You're walking in agreement with them. So that's what's better. But you weren't walking with us. So you didn't, we got to miss out on, we didn't miss out on anything because you were where you're supposed to be versus, because that's the thing we can assume that, well, this is what God wants. So I'm not saying it isn't, but if you were to ask them for help with your family and they say, all right, well, this would be a good opportunity for you to stay at home. I don't know. Cause I'm going to miss time with the guys walking and that's spiritual and that's more important. It is important, but when you ask for help on it and they give you the answer, just as an example, what about for next time that, you know what, I'm going to spend, because you went somewhere Sunday evening. Are you going to sit here and honestly say, well, I don't, I don't care about God. This is more important than God. No, you reason it out. And you know what? I reason this out and this is what we're going to do to where, what's the difference in that in missing a Thursday night walking, you just reason it out. Well, there's a different reason for this. We're not, and I don't see it as though you're like, well, I don't want to spend time on Sunday night. No, I don't see that at all. But there's times where you won't miss things. You have something that you're going to do. And it's not like, well, let me ask you, let me verify or whatever it is. But the whole point in this is that when you believe in you there's times where you're going to have things come to you where, I don't know, is that really? And I just thought an example for you with that situation where, well, should I have stayed home? Should I have come walking? All right. You're, you're, you're in the park and you're doing something and all of a sudden a sheet comes down from heaven and Yah says, Josh, kill and eat. Well, no, Lord, these are, I'm, it's more important to spend time with, with the guys because being at home, I want to be there, but this is more important. Josh, go home and spend time with your family. Yeah, but yeah, it's more important. Yeah, but I know that that's what you have the understanding of, but I'm bringing you something that I know from your programming that you want to be obedient. I, I get that, but I have something else I want you to do that's more important. So you need to trust that, yes, we, we want you to, it's good for you to walk, but this is more important that, that we're bringing you this for a reason that we can change this to where it's just getting the priority straight. Cause I could just see Peter like, well, no, these are unclean animals. I, Lord, I, I can't kill anything unclean. Yeah. But Peter, if what I've made clean is clean, it, it's clean. You don't understand that the law was put into place for obedience to where it's not that the animal is unclean. The uncleanliness is you eating the unclean animal when I told you not to. So I'm telling you, Peter, kill and eat. And ultimately what Yah was saying was, is that we want you to fellowship with the Gentiles that, you know, don't keep yourself away from the Gentiles that by grace that the Gentiles are able to come in. So have interaction with them. You don't need to stay away from, and that's why it's saying, well, Lord, I can't mix with the, the uncircumcised. Well, yeah, but you're under, you're leaning on your own understanding. 
the cleanliness has always been about the obedience versus disobedience, not that the animal itself is unclean. It's unclean because don't eat this animal because I'm telling you not to eat it. It's unclean. Okay, I'm not going to eat it. Does that make the animal unclean or is it, what's the uncleanness? You go to eat it. Wait a minute. What are you doing? You're not being obedient to me. So with this, believing in Yah means there'll be times when you'll, you'll be faced with your own understanding. You're like, well, yeah, you told me that. I know we told you that, but we want you to do this. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. That it's a continual trust in them that there'll be times where they'll have you do things or not do things. And cause I've had it like, but you made it clear to do it. So, but that's what you want. Or maybe I missed something or whatever that obedience is always going to trump that aspect. And if there was a question, for example, with your daughter, that should you stay home or not just inquire of you? Yeah, I'm just not sure. What do you want me to do? And then they'll make it clear to you. Well, just to clarify this, what we're talking about with the walking thing was um, one night, I believe Anna was sick or something was going on with her where she was struggling and, my mindset was, well, no, it's Thursday and I'm walking, you know, she'll have to, that's, you know, she's not feeling well, but that's part of her responsibility to do this. And I went walking instead and just a question posed, did you clarify with Yah that you should come here over staying home and helping your wife? And it was like, no, I didn't. I just didn't think about that. It's like, okay, well, because the programming is, well, Yah's more important. Okay. Well, just verify. So just, that was a situation that came up. And as we're talking about this believe in aspect Really, we talk about resonating. We talk about being on the same frequency. Are the words that are coming out of your conversation with Yah resonating with you throughout the day? Are they meditating day and night in your mind? Well, you know, Yah talked about this with me, and I'm going to look for that situation to come up in the future. I'm going to look for opportunities to be confident. I'm going to look for opportunities not to doubt. I'm going to look for opportunities where... I'm not sacrificing time for Yah, or I'm not giving Yah time in this because of, well, I got to focus on work. Okay, I can focus on work and still focus on Yah. There's training in that, but I can do that. I can focus on Yah with my daughter. And just thinking about it from that point of view, is the things that Yah is saying to you important enough to stick with you throughout the day, through the night, through the evening? Are they important enough that you hold on to them and really evaluate them and dig into them. And when I say that, there's a lot of information that comes out in the gathering. There's a lot of information that comes out on the podcast. It's not for you to retain every single word and try and meditate on two hours worth of conversation the entire time. The focus is what sticks out, what grabs your attention, and make sure you hold on to that until you've gotten to a point where Yah says, okay, you see this, you see this, you understand this. Wow. Okay. And then you can set that down for a time. And then the next thing that grabs your attention in the gathering that Yah talks to you about or podcast or in scripture or in a quiet time, and you hold on to that until you get more out of it and then say, okay, Yah, is this, okay, it's time to set this one down and pick up. And you just continue to function like that. And just going from that point of view, Seeing the programming in my daughter helps me see the programming myself, helps me see the programming in others. And that's what it's boiling down to. She knows that church is not a 20-minute conversation of a pastor talking scripture out and then songs. She knows that because she's being programmed that 
we're in there for two and a half hours sometimes. We have music, but we're in there for two and a half hours. She has to sit down and be quiet or sit down and control herself in a spot, whether it's on my lap or Anna's lap or on a chair. And she doesn't get to just roam or move. She has to sit there for 40 minutes and she's two and a half years old, not even two and a half years old. She knows that's what she needs to do. And sometimes she does that very well. And sometimes it's more of a struggle, but she's learning how to do that because of programming. (coughs) Learning how to have conversation with Yah is demonstrated by me and Anna. It's demonstrated in the gathering and she sees that. So when we have quiet time at night and we talk, okay, we're going to talk to God now, Liliana. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, today we were struggling back and forth with frustration. Liliana got frustrated because I wouldn't let her have, I wouldn't let her get in the kitchen. And I got frustrated because I was trying to get something out of the oven. And I told her, Hey, stop. Don't come any further. Daddy's got to get something. It's hot. Don't move. That was frustration. Yeah, that's not appropriate. I'm not supposed to display frustration to my daughter. I don't want to display that to my daughter because not only does my daughter hear it, but she feels it. And you don't display that to me, so I'm not going to display it to her. So we're having that conversation, and you're hearing an answer, and then I'm responding to it. Well, you know, yeah, thank you for letting me see that. And that was done because I was getting frustrated because I was trying to complete a task, and I wasn't completing it in the time that I thought. And it ties back to selfishness. Thank you. So thank you for letting me see that, yeah. And I'm grateful for more opportunities with my daughter that I can grow from this and show her an example of that. And she's like, thank you, yeah. She's hearing me have this conversation. So she's learning how to back and forth conversate with yeah from two and a half years old. That is something as a father that I can help instill in her programming. That that's how you talk to yeah. You don't sit in a pew and our father who out in heaven, how they're being. You don't recite something that's been recited millions of times. You make it personal. You listen for an answer. You get a question. You go back and forth. So the things that are sticking with her, which will ultimately lead into her own relationship with Yah when she's able to have that, that's the stuff that proves to me I'm walking as Yah did because those are the things that a father does out of love, not the proximity. Because when you made that comment about, is it really proximity or is it quality? You know how you know it's quality? You think about it when you're not there. If you have a good conversation with someone, that conversation resonates with you. And when you're out of there, you're out of their presence, you're gone the next day or whatever it is, you recall that conversation and think about it. So Liliana can do that. When she talked to Yah, daddy's going to talk to Yah. Okay, so she can recall that. So it's now in the programming for her. Mommy goes and talks to Yah. It's in the programming. So it resonates with her. It stays with her. So that's a great gift for both parents for their child. Because there's so much programming I have that used to resonate with me about church. And you did as well from church. That how many times could we sit there and recite the Christmas thing that would come out or the cantata or how it would be or certain sermons that would come out. Like, I remember this one. That's not how it's designed to be with y'all. Where's the depth in that? If it's, if it's something you can memorize and say year after year, where's the depth in that? Where's the conversation with that? Where's that resonate with you? And just going back into the believe in y'all versus believing what's being said. If you believe what someone says, okay. 
but do you truly believe in what they're saying to the point of I'll follow that person till the end of the earth? And just tying back into you, believe in what was spoken by that one individual, the actual son, the word of Yah, rather than someone's interpretation. Oh, well, you can't understand it, so I'll interpret it for you and give it to you this way. Because ultimately what you're doing is you're listening to someone's rendition of the truth, not the actual truth. And if you're choosing to believe in what's being said by the person and not what's actually learned and discovered by you and Yah, you're believing in whoever you're listening to. It's either Yah or a person who has been given manly authority to talk about God in an ungodly manner. And I say that because if anybody's preaching any other gospel, then repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Seek Yah and you will find them when you seek with all your heart. And live the law in the Old Testament fully until you can learn how to be in Messiah and find belief in that. If you're not going with that message, then what they're preaching, you're believing in their understanding of what belief is. You're not believing in the truth. And that's just a struggle. And you have to either learn to accept that or reject it. And we've come to that as well. So again, going back into the believing in, that that's just kind of where it ties in. Are you believing in a man who's teaching something that is a twist or a spin of what the word is? Are you truly believing in Yah, the written word, with your conversation with Yah, finding Yah in that conversation, and then verifying with Yah that this is what the scripture says? Is this what you want me to do? Okay. Because it cuts the middleman out. Where's the doubt in that for you? If you hear it from Yah, where's the doubt? So. I'll tell you what, we'll, um, we'll end with this because we we're at a, a good stopping point, but this just came to mind. I'll share this with you as a, um, something I hadn't been seeing in regards to prayer and what y'all revealed to us that we're, um, we're changing this, that prayer is conversational relationship, meaning that you relate so that you can have conversation and you give time for the other person to speak and because y'all will give you time to speak. Okay. Hadn't thought about this, but think about this, that you're with your daughter and let's say Anna Ruth is there too with Liliana. Think about how, cause you would think, well, how, how could she learn anything from this? And I was just like, wow, what a beautiful way to learn. All right. So let's just say, I'm just give an example. If you say, yeah, thank you so much for this day just very grateful for what you have done for us and you pause and then you say, thank you, mother. I appreciate that. And then you say something else and you pause and Yeshua, thank you. I appreciate that answer. It didn't click in my mind to where daddy, why can't I hear the voices? Oh, wow. Because if you just talk at, well, oh God, and this, and this, and this, and yet we prayed. But when you pause like that, I hadn't thought about that, that you're like, thank you, Abba, I will do that. Well, Daddy, I didn't hear the voice. Why can't I hear it? I'm, I'm going to, I want to hear it. And then you're talking, and then all of a sudden, Daddy, I heard the voice. I heard a male voice in my, and I had never thought about that, that they have the capability to do that. But if the training is, 
well, you need to, you need to wait for God to answer. Well, I don't hear it. Well, it's a practice because you tune in and, and you really focus like you really the, just try as hard as you can in your mind is you just focus to hear and you listen for the father's voice. And I'll ask for, because you and Aunt Ruth have in the fullness of faith that they hear you, they listen, that Abba speak to Liliana so she can hear your voice and you just wait. And Liliana, you tell us when you hear Abba's voice. But if you're not doing that, if you're not waiting and anticipating, then how is she going to, well, I don't hear it. So I just, I guess I'm not going to get it to where, no, I'll hear it. It's just, I've got to do what mommy and daddy do to where you tune in and you really listen. And I hadn't thought about it from that perspective that she's capable of that. But if you model that with her to where you, you may say nothing and well, daddy, are we praying? Yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm waiting for Yeshua to answer. I asked him a question. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't hear anything. Well, but it's, it's through discernment. I'm, I'm just waiting and, and we'll let, let's just be quiet in this. We'll, we'll listen for his voice and she may not hear anything, but it, it programs her to. I don't know. I'm really not hearing anything. Well, just, just, just calm down. And just to share that with for you, but for everybody that if you give time to do that, that if somebody sees that, that it just made me think of, well, I want to hear the voice, but you just assume that, well, God doesn't talk to me, but when you do that, you're not putting your mind in a mindset to, to hear it, even though they could be speaking like this, Liliana, I'm here, but you don't know what to listen for. That's through a discernment, not necessarily an audible. So that's just awesome from you. I just hadn't thought about that, that you can, other than in this faith in Yah, that I've never heard anybody say, well, you ask God a question and you just wait for them to answer. It's, well, you'll, you'll get a feeling you'll get a, God will speak through a person and, and not that they don't, but Yah's going to, Yah's going to wait and see, are you willing to be quiet and listen for our voice? And if it takes two hours, I'm going to see how long you're going to No, I'm not. I'm not asking any more questions until I get an answer for this. I don't care what it is. Oh, really? Okay. Well, we'll wait a little while and just see what you're going to do. And you're like, no, I'm not asking any more questions until I get this answer. Wow. You really want this answer. Okay. Well, we'll give it to you. And then, wow, you really, you're willing to wait for the answer. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for respecting us that way. Then when you ask a question, then we'll give you the answer quicker or whatever. So, but anyway, like we've talked about before, Josh, we could go on for hours with, with this stuff. Uh, this is a good stopping point. This is a really good conversation. Yeah, I've really given good revelation, information, knowledge, understanding, even that last part. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be thinking about the, you know, how is a child going to understand? But it's, it's, they do. Because if they see you fighting and quarreling, what are they going to do? Well, that's what, that's what daddy and mommy do. That's what I'm going to do. It's what's right to do. And they don't know that. They just go by example. And if you can give the example of, waiting on God for answers and be okay with it. And that to, to, to teach patience in prayer, I mean, that's a great thing instead of just, all right, well, nobody says anything. So I can't not hearing from God. Or if you get frustrated and say, well, God's not answering, what's she going to do? God's not answering. No, Liliana, what do you, oh no, we didn't realize that we, or whatever. I just made that up, but, but Josh, a good timing point. It was good. Um, anything else you want to add before we go? had a scripture, but it, it's eluded me. So no, the only thing I can think of is the aspect of seeking out with all your heart. And 
that believing in Yah is different than just believing what Yah says. So when you're talking about scripture, it's just an, a different aspect that you can believe something, but believing in it is a, a desire. It's a, we talk about desire before, it's a moving forward with uh, a longing, alarm, indignation, and moving forward in that. That's that's really that comes to mind. All right, well, everybody, we appreciate you listening in now and those who are listening in the future. And um, Lord willing, we'll see you on the next podcast. But Josh, good being with you again. Enjoyed it. And y'all, thank you so much for this opportunity, for giving us your truth and being with us and speaking through us. So everybody have a good evening and um, we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.